Welcome to the podcast, Cannons on the Run, episode 39. I'm Father Jordan. And I'm Frater Jonathan. And we are here to continue St. Pope John the 23rd's Daily Decalogue. Part 7. Man, that's a mouthful. Yeah, you did that well. Only for today, I will do at least one thing I do not like doing. And if my feelings are hurt, I will make sure that no one notices. So that's got a lot to unpack. So before we do that, let's catch up on what we've been up to. <laughs> Great. Since our last little bonus episode, we've had other things going on, naturally. And we're in Chicago. We are. Hanging out here at the Holy Spirit House of Studies in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I'm doing some studies this summer. I'm doing one independent study with Father David up at the at the Abbey. So I'm there for the summer with my studies there. But I do have a one-week course here in Chicago at CTU, Catholic Theological Union. I'm taking a course called The Mountains of Matthew. We're looking at the five discourses. Really, the professor told us we're looking at six discourses of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew as they're written in there. So, What's that mean? Like the six discourses? So like the Sermon on the Mount. Uh-huh. Um, yep, and I'm learning more about all of them, so I couldn't like go through and tell them all to you right off the top of my head, but... Um, yeah. Quiz. So, quiz time. Pop yeah, quiz. Right? That's what the class is for, so yeah. I can talk about them more. <laughs> so quiz me soon. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so that's my summer right now. July has gotten busy with studies, uh, good studies, exciting things, but I realized, oh, July is a lot more packed than I thought, so that'll be this upcoming month. We'll be finishing up a paper for that class and um, doing the other independent study as well, which is pastoral counseling, um, which is great. Some some good experience um, some listening. We're talking a lot about reflective listening and um, tying that into our, our theology. And other than that, um, for me, it's been nice. We've been getting back into running since we've both been in the same place a few times now. So getting back into some running, which I appreciate, especially in the summer, get a morning pattern of running going again. Two days in a row. Totally. We're doing great. It's a great pattern. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? As we talked about in the last episode, you've had just a few things going on recently. Yeah, not only did we travel to Mississippi, and now we're in Chicago, but last week I went to Kansas City mm-hmm. with the youth ministry group from Old St. Pat's in Chicago. We had 19 teens, and then there were six of us adults. Um, so it's kind of fun. I had an email from a, a lady that we, you and I met on our vows retreat mm-hmm. at St. John's Abbey. Oh, sure. Emailed me, and she's like, oh, did you feel like a father on Father's Day? And I was like, well, actually, I kind of did. Uh, taking 19 teens uh, across Illinois through Missouri. Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. I like that. You had to come out and be a dad for that. Yeah, be a dad. Yep. Get the dad shorts and new balance <laughs> white sneakers. I don't <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, the students, if they don't have an, a, an idea of age, generally it's like it's either you're their age or you're old. Right, right. <laughs> Regardless right. of what that is, right, relative to them. So that's good if you had, like, the long socks. Sandals, hopefully, socks yeah. and sandals. And... Well, and, and, like, you have to prove that you're cool to them because, they yeah, they just see you as old. Sure, so right. It's, like, not relevant, writing you off. <laughs> yep. I remember one time singing along to a song on the radio when I was on a bus with eighth graders. And the eighth grader looked at me with his wild look, and he said, I was teaching at the time, Mr. Turba, never again. <laughs> I was like, what? And he said, you are too old to sing along to that song. I was like, what on earth? How old do you think I am? I didn't, he didn't answer that. But And you were like 25? Yeah, I was like 20. Yeah, I was 24 or 25 at the yeah. time. <laughs> You're old. Right, absolutely. What on earth? <laughs> 
Yeah, so with this service trip, we it, it, it was a unique service trip from the other ones. We stayed at a place in Kansas City called Jerusalem Farm, and it's an intentional Catholic living community. It's kind of similar to the Catholic Worker House founded by Dorothy Day, um, but their major focus is Catholic social teaching, so those seven principles and therefore pillars at Jerusalem Farm are prayer, community, service, and simplicity. Um, so what was great is we worked in the community. There's different applications um, for construction projects, uh, working on houses of people who are immigrants or a lower, uh, lower income class that we would do service on their kitchens, but then we also had chores at the house, like one crew, when three crews went out to work construction, one crew stayed home and prepared meals and um, you know did chores around the house to make sure that the house was tidy and well-kept. And so it was like that live-in intentional community. So even <laughs> simplicity, we fasted from electricity one night. Of course, we don't allow cell phones on the trip for teens so they can build bonds. There's no television. So a detachment from electronics and even a detachment from uh, a big kick uh, for me was uh, bucket showers. So filling up like a four-gallon bucket full of water and then just using that to shower for the night or Mm -hmm. limiting water usage and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was about... uh, yeah, living simply so others may simply live. Right, so a detachment from the regular comforts of like right. a full shower and got to do a bucket shower. Yeah. Wow, cool. <laughs> and they were actually quite delightful, nice. if I do say so myself. I believe it. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, so so that, so that was uh, last week, and that's why I'm here in Chicago. That's such a cool experience. Mm-hmm. And great that you did that with those students and uh, the parish you've been helping at. Yeah. But, you know, it was also an experience of reflecting upon uh, St. Pope John the Twenty-Third's daily decalogue here for today that mm-hmm. uh, doing one thing that I don't like doing and trying to make sure that uh, nobody knows if my feelings are hurt or if I don't feel like doing that. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of opportunities in life for that. Excellent, and... excellent. So actually, if you don't mind, I wanna, I'm going to read it one more time again, and let's so our listeners can remember what the full thing says, and then let's dive into that. Sounds great. So the the line says, Only for today, I will do at least one thing I do not like doing, and if my feelings are hurt, I will make sure that no one notices. Mm-hmm. So you have plenty of experience with this. Plenty. <laughs> plenty of experience. Your honesty is very great right now. <laughs> Uh, So we take turns as groups at Jerusalem Farm doing different jobs. And on Friday, it was our last day, last night there, uh, as a celebration of our time there, we had a picnic in one of the parks. And so, you know, spike ball, playing Mm -hmm. catch, like different different games going on, Mm -hmm. eating eating food. Well, out of our four teams and our four smaller groups, there was a competition then to divide out chores. And it just so happened, of course, we didn't know what we were competing for. But my small group happened to win. Just <laughs> MVD, kind of, MVD, no yeah, big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, kind of a tradition. Um, the, <laughs> and, wow, that's great. You're not competitive. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the prize was, uh, was not so nice in that our grand prize was the worst task ever of kitchen duty afterwards. So that includes... 
uh, doing dishes, cleaning up the kitchen, pots and pans from, you know, preparing that picnic meal. And I just had this mental breakdown, mental devastation of, oh, no, you did not just do that. We won and we got the worst job. So right, that was the prize. Yeah, that was the prize. Uh-huh. That was the prize for winning. <laughs> and I'm like, this is terrible. Um, I'm like, I am done interiorly. I was like checking out. I'm done. I'm finished. If I was four years old, temper tantrum mode would have been in full swing <laughs> of total meltdown, tears, kicking, screaming, <laughs> like you know. Mm-hmm. the grocery aisle mom doesn't buy fruity pebbles right like this is <laughs> this is bad 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 great analogy yeah where this would be like the third time in the kitchen doing dishes and as a pretext to this when we were in the kitchen the other adult chaperone who is a part of this team carly ann will admit that the dishes that i did for an hour and a half to two hours she's like i've never seen that amount of dishes in my life And those dishes that I did during that time, like it wasn't just my fingers that became pruny. My hands were pruny, like they were done. And so receiving this new job, uh, you know, news, Mm -hmm. I was like, I wasn't exactly filled with joy. Mm. Like, yay, kitchen duty again. (laughs) Right, right. Wow. So, I mean, then the last part of that, so doing something you don't like doing, definitely that's, this is the case here, (laughs) doing something that you, you didn't want to do anymore. So making sure that no one notices, how did that how did that come in? Since, at least from how I heard you say it, you said if you were four, the temper tantrum would have happened, wouldn't ha- or would have happened in the, right. in the aisle. So what was it for you instead? Well, I, I, I hope I didn't let on because I was thinking, got to set a good example for these teens and, you know, trying to embrace the Christian life of an outpouring of self for others, like doing things that we don't like doing out of love, right? Hmm. And thankfully, you know, my colleague, Carly Ann, kind of took control in the kitchen and probably picked up, recognized that I was not in the mood to do dishes and maybe the Holy Spirit influenced her. And she's like, Jordan, would you love to sweep and mop the kitchen? I'm like, I would absolutely love to do that. And so she took control, got the uh, teens organized on a dish line and things and I cleaned counters swept floor mopped it was great sweet it was great so you still helped with all that with the, the kitchen duty you'd been assigned but yeah found a found a happy solution but I was not in the mood <laughs> well I appreciate though that you shared you know like both of those that you clearly internally you're like this is this is I am done with this I can't do this but then still going, doing what you can, and you know, trying not to, to show it, not make a big deal out of it, and, and make it through. I mean, from what I understand and what you're telling this story, like you said, you've been doing mountains of dishes. So I feel like something important that you've already talked about that I want to highlight is that when it comes to giving, like you said, out of a place of love, there is a difference between doing something you don't want to do and feeling a limit has been hit, like is what, that's what I'm hearing what you're sharing, that there was a limit of you've been doing dishes forever and ever for days, for hours on end, your hands were literally kind of falling apart, versus a person saying, well, I don't want to do something just out of disinterest. Like, eh, I don't like doing dishes, so I don't want to, you know. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I and that was not the case, obviously, for you. I you usually really doing enjoy it. doing dishes, but the amount that I did, I was just... No right. more. You'd had no it. More. I mean, yeah, here in the house, when we were living together in the Chicago house here this past year, like 
you hop into dishes right away. It's, it's a good team of people working in the kitchen. So yeah, I can't imagine you not wanting to. So the fact that you said you'd hit this limit to me tells how true of a limit it must have been because you have no problem with doing these kinds of things. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that's so good to highlight from number seven here of the daily Decalogue, because I think it's easy to tell ourselves as Christians, well, I should be helping. I should do this because, you know, I don't want to, but the Christian thing to do is to help. And that's true. Like you said, you know, as Christians, we're called to give out of a place of love. But I think we really have to also recognize what I'm just going to call limit versus disinterest that, you know, if I'm giving out of a place that just, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to and I should. But internally, I'm just I'm stuck. I am down. I am struggling, whatever. That's not really going to be a great experience for either party. I mean, there are different moments in my life where I've started to at least recognize I'm trying to get better at recognizing when I'm giving beyond that limit. I mean, it's happened. So I'm giving and I'm helping, you know, with a project. And I've, I've recognized sometimes in the moment, more often in hindsight, I recognize, wow, I just kind of felt detached, just kind of disinterested, you know, whatever it might be, just doing a chore or whatever. And I'm not able to really find joy at all, even in thinking like, oh, well, helping this person is really good. Or there's just kind of, I don't want to say an apathy setting in me, but definitely a feeling of just like, I'm just done. I can't do this. And I think recognizing that is really important and being able to communicate those things as well. So to me, between you and Carly Ann, I'm hearing that that was essentially non-verbally communicated, that you'd hit a limit. Carly Ann recognized that you were still able to give, but also take care of yourself because we can't give and give and give until we're nothing because then what we're giving really isn't mm-hmm. a true place of giving. It, we're, we're just kind of giving from an empty place, which then can create a, cause us can cause us to be bitter exhausted whatever it might be all right i think with that oh with what you said is it can foster contempt and that festering in one's heart or in one's being Mm -hmm. can just make you very very angry yeah yeah (laughs) i mean with this game that we played and we won Mm -hmm. the scripture verse that came to mind immediately is how jesus says speaks of role reversals of the the first shall be last and the last shall be first oh, sure. and interiorly i'm thinking oh if this is he- heaven i want no part of it <laughs> i'm like wow. this is terrible <laughs> you really had hit a limit <laughs> <laughs> but but i i mean that is heaven in in the sense of reversal of roles in i think this outpouring of self this generosity of self in mm-hmm. doing things not to receive glory or credit, but in doing things out of love for others in that relationship building. And there's a tension there too, as you mentioned, that mm-hmm. you can't continue to pour yourself out and not be filled up with anything mm-hmm. either, right? Absolutely, yeah. Knowing how to, I mean, we hear it a lot today in our, our culture, I think, you know, talking about just self-care. And I think there is some absolute, absolute truth in that. So recognizing what do I need to do to take care of myself? so that I'm able to give in those moments. Mm-hmm. We had an interesting experience recently, both of us together when we were down in Mississippi, helping close St. Moses, the Black Priory. You know, that's moving. And I don't think I've ever met anyone who likes to move, you know, moving boxes into a truck. We had to drive all the way down, load up a U-Haul, drive the U-Haul all the way back. And it's like a Brad. 13-hour drive, 14-hour drive? Seriously, yeah, 14, more or less. One way. I remember. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that wasn't, like, let's be honest. There's definitely a, a, a real inner questioning of, okay, why do I have to do this? There are other people, right? 
We can hire people to do this. <laughs> but as you've articulated, we've been talking about the big picture is that ultimately this is an act of love within our community, that we were helping do something that we were able to do. We were able to help with this moving, move boxes onto the U-Haul, do that. It ended up being a great bonding experience for the three of us doing this. Our conference who have lived at the Priory for a long time, they're going through a big transition. Some of them, because of age, were not able to take care of the moving and things. So there's the love in itself of helping them do something that they couldn't physically do. They, I'm sure, felt safer knowing that people who knew them were helping move their stuff versus just people they don't know. And But it's a perfect example of what you said earlier about limits and disinterest, right? The invitation for us to go to Mississippi was, no, I really don't want to go to Mississippi. But it was also one of those instances of, well, I, I'm able to. Mm-hmm. I can go there out of a place of love. I haven't reached my limit yeah. of giving. Mm, that's a great way of saying it at the end. I know this is giving out of love. I haven't reached my limit. Yeah. I really appreciate how you share also, because I feel like you do a good job of expressing how a person has to hold both. It's okay to say, I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real feeling. And it's probably better to recognize it. Because then I think you can move past it and recognize, okay, and here's how I'm choosing to respond. Here's how I'm going to give. Mm. Here's how I'm going to love the other. Mm-hmm. But you got to name the first one. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee, what an opportunity. I'd love to do that. <laughs> you know, one thing I thought about while we talked about this and reading it, I kept coming back to how it says, I will do at least one thing I do not like doing. And so I questioned, okay, does that mean I have to like make sure every day I do at least one thing I do not like doing? And the more I thought about that, the more I realized, you know, pretty much every day will present itself with something, big or small, that I do not like doing. <laughs> like waking up this morning. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's great. Yep, yeah. see, there you go. It might just be the beginning of the day is an opportunity yeah, yeah. to recognize something you don't like doing. But you did. You still got up and we went for a run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to think that that's out of love for our friendship, that, you know, we got to go. I can't leave Jonathan hanging here, so I got to get up and run. Yeah, that's that's where it came from. Sure, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, you know, I think we don't have to look for it; it'll present itself. And I think in doing that, then that helps us recognize: Am I looking for something I don't want to do because then I can show people how great I'm being, or am I letting the Holy Spirit guide me to recognize? Okay, that thing that my gut just right away is like, Ugh, I don't want to do that. Is the Holy Spirit inviting me to say? Yeah, here's something where I actually can do that. So you recognize the resistance and then realize, oh, okay, maybe I am being called to do something here. Yeah. Which you found some verse in the Gospel of Matthew talking about this, about doing something, but not doing it righteously, not doing it that others may see it. So how about you read that for us? Indeed. Uh, So Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Jesus says, But take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. 
So, uh, you know, almsgiving also has to do with charity. It's not necessarily about money, but giving of oneself, giving of one's time, whether that's going to Mississippi or going on a service trip or just small acts of love in your families and communities, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is great to spend some time with. Um, I mean, I even like that it adds in, but take care not to perform righteous deeds. I think if we're doing something that we don't want to do and then we are letting people know like Ugh, I didn't want to do it and here I am still doing it I mm-hmm. think that's falling into that righteousness of like you know but I'm being so good about it I'm really versus not letting which often goes against our inner feelings like Ugh, I'm not going to say anything even though I just don't want to do this right now um, and I think that as we've talked about before in previous episodes that's where transformation starts to happen that when we realize that tension and then recognize, okay, I need to let that go. That's mm-hmm. when God can really start to transform us. Yeah, and, and it is about transformation. So even this pas- passage may seem like a reward uh, from God, that we do these things in a reward from God. Um, that isn't, I think, what should be on the forefront of our minds. It's that transformative relational building experience that this transforms us so that we may grow closer with God. It's a gift and a grace from God, uh, these opportunities that don't always feel like great opportunities in the moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you even articulated that when we were talking earlier about, when we were talking before recording this podcast, about how that ties into experiencing the kingdom of God as well. Which right. I thought was really beautiful language that experiencing the grace of God, experiencing the kingdom of God comes out of pouring yourself out in these experiences mm-hmm. that sometimes we can get too self-absorbed and we're looking for how to experience the kingdom of God in the self-growth and you know, what do I need to do when actually we can experience the kingdom of God when we pour ourselves out in loving ways, not yeah. at a limit, not an unhealthy place, but in a loving way, pour ourselves out to others. Yeah. And it's in these moments in experiencing the kingdom of God that we recognize that often we don't want to do do the things that need to be done. Hmm. But we do them because we love others. We do the things we don't want to do out of love. Mm-hmm. Amen. So don't be cranky and do things out of love. Yeah, do things out of love. If you want to learn more about the podcast, go to www.norbertines.org, click on the podcast, and if you want to contact us, click on Contact the Podcast Team. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure to leave a rating and review, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook. Make sure to like our page. So as you go about your day today and the coming days, Don't feel that you need to look for something you don't like doing because it'll probably present itself. (laughs) True that. But invite God into it. Ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit and pray to act in a way that reflects Jesus' love to others. To give in a way that is not showing that your feelings are hurt, but to give from a place of genuine love for the other. Saints Norbert and Augustine. Pray for us.